Hello, and welcome to our first episode of The Real Deal with Dee and Denise. I am Deidre Hubey, but my friends call me Dee. And I am Denise, and people call me Denise. On today's episode, we'll talk about what's the deal with the narrowly avoided government shutdown, what happened, who's responsible, and what's happening next. We've had a lot of big news this week. Um, and then stay tuned for two takes and a fake in our deals of the week later on in the episode. All right, Denise, let's jump in. What is the deal with the shutdown? The deal with the shutdown that I've noticed is, first of all, we got a Congress full of clowns. Let's let's establish that off the top, okay? Um, you know, I, I, I'm having D. You're gonna have to help me with this because I'm having a hard time understanding how we keep sending people to sit in our government year after year, election cycle after election cycle, to represent us, to put our best interests up front, and they go in there and make a complete mess of everything. And if this week didn't show us that we need to pay strict attention to who we are supporting, nothing else will. I am embarrassed. I am humiliated in what I saw this week and how not only did we come narrowly close to having a shutdown and having people's lives impacted negatively because we got a bunch of clowns and children running our government, but also, you know, we saw the Speaker of the House lose his job because he sold his soul to the devil, literally. So the deal is that we need to put real people, better people, competent people in place to represent us. From my perspective, that's the deal. We got to do a better job of selecting our representatives and people who are supposed to represent us. Denise, I could not agree more. And just to give our listeners a bit of a background for those who might not know, over the weekend, the Republican-controlled House staved off an imminent government shutdown by leaning on Democrats to get the job done. And Denise, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on the matter, but please feel free to interject uh, whenever you see fit. But do you have anything you'd like to add before I, I lay this out for our listeners? I want you to go. <laughs> so every year, the government has to pass what's called an appropriations bill, which means they assign or appropriate government funds to various sectors and programs. And that kind of foreshadows the consequences on the economy and on our public services. So, for example, if the government were to shut down, Social Security checks would be held up, WIC, Women, Infants and Children, that wouldn't be going out, food stamps, uh, museums would be closed, national parks would be closed, and you're probably asking why and how is it avoided? So because of a bill has to originate in the House, uh, McCarthy couldn't get his far-right faction to agree on anything, um, even though the limits of this bill were already negotiated and agreed to back in June. Um, so McCarthy was really afraid to put things forward because his really far right MAGA members said that they were not going to support anything, not even a short term continuing resolution bill um, that did eventually get passed. But what a short term continuing resolution bill is just to keep the government open and kind of extend the fight that we're having. So they were able to get that. But now we have until November 17th. The fight is not over. So McCarthy was forced to rely on Democrats for the passage um, because the speakers, like I said, right hand flank, really just wanted to watch it all burn. Even in McCarthy's own words, he said, I don't understand why anyone votes against bringing the idea to the 
to the floor and having a debate. This whole new concept of individuals just want to burn the whole place down. And burning the whole place down really seems to be the sentiment that I was getting from it. Um, because as McCarthy and a lot of other prominent Republicans said, they were voting against one of the most conservative spending bills that had ever gone through the House, and they still voted against it. Um, I, I don't really know why. We can assume Donald Trump might have something to do with that. Uh -huh. But uh, <laughs> I guess we will see how that plays out. He's he's in court right now in New York trying to work through some of his uh, indictments. So um, what happens next, though, is that we're really not through this storm yet. And before I talk about that, I just want to get your thoughts on what I've just spoke about, how they had to lean on Democrats to begin with to pass this continuing resolution. And, you know, and, and this is one thing that has always troubled me. Um, we know that we've always had this two party system and they haven't mm -hmm. always gotten along. But the thing that, bo that, that, that bothers me most right now, D, is that where are the moderates? Where are the moderates, especially in, in, in the Republican Party? Because the moderates would have, you know, been a lot more quicker to uh, just go ahead and say, let's do what we need to do to ensure that we do the people's business and be about the people's business. We would not let the clown show take over. Mm -hmm. And this is what seems to, to continually is happening in the House of Representatives. The clown show continually takes over. And this is what is so problematic. And I don't see how this is going to change before November 17th. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm scared to try to even look ahead to see where this clown car is headed because now we know. Rocky. <laughs> yeah, it's a rocky road ahead. And, and we know that Donald Trump does have some bearing on this. He has some impact on this because for some reason, he believes that if the if they were to shut down the government, it would stop these uh, cases against him. It would shut down the DOJ. It would shut down the special prosecutor. And he would be able to ride off into the sunset and not be held accountable for these crimes that he's committed. Exactly. And I think something for the Republicans to really think about is that they only control one house of government. Um, so you can only do so much when you only control one house and it's politics, baby. Nobody gets everything they want. And this hard right faction just kept saying, unless we get absolutely everything that we're asking for, we're not going to pass anything at all, which is just so bad for the country, including their own constituents. So it just makes no sense to me. Like, are you there to govern or are you there for, I, I don't know, just this clown show, like you say. And um, you mentioned, like, where are the moderates? I think they're quite few and far between these days. But I think with the continuing resolution bill that was passed, that's kind of where we saw our moderates come in. You had some moderates from both sides that kind of came together and was like, OK, it's really important that we get this bill passed for the American people. So if I have to reach across the aisle and do some bipartisan work, which, by the way, is important and integral part of governing at all because you don't want a country that's controlled by just one faction Absolutely. regardless of who is in charge that there's still half of your country that may feel differently so i think you know it's hard to make compromises but i think it's an important part of governing and it's something that Absolutely. you have to know <laughs> right that you you have to be prepared for if you want to run for office and, and if, if i might add one other thing to that too um you know People got upset. There were people who got upset. Even some Democrats got upset with Democrats for um, not saving, so to speak, the Speaker of the House. Yeah. Um, they have to understand what happened here because at first I was a little confused by that too. Um, but 
is what he did. He really is a snake um, because, you know, he went, he ran to Newsmax and he did some of these interviews where he just completely threw the Democrats under the bus after they helped to save and keep us from the shutdown. He went and threw the Democrats all the way under the bus. And in fact, he blamed the Democrats for what was happening. And Absolutely. so that was a head scratcher right there. So why would he help. Think, right. Why would he think they would save him after that? So it made no sense. And then we find out little man from North Carolina, because that's where I am, Patrick McHenry, who who has taken over, who's just a little uh placeholder actually, uh, for Speaker of the House. You know, the first thing, first order of business it's was important. to kick Nancy Pelosi out of her little, you know, secret office while well, she's, she's mourning. She's at a funeral. Oh, my God. And Ooh. they kicked out Steny Hoyer as well. Um, but, you know, that's petty stuff. And this is how they're governing these days. Everything is governed in, in, in you know, revenge politics or or whatever. I, it is just so infuriating to me that they're, they're, they are just not capable of governing anymore. It's just all childs. It's childish. And I, I'm just, I, I am really just furious with what I see going on in Washington, D.C. right now. I'm just absolutely furious. And you, and I, I think you have every right to be. I think all the American people, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, should be furious. They're, these are people that are supposed to be representing us. They work for us. We pay them. It's our money. And this is what they're doing up there. There's all kinds of issues that need attention. And they're having this kind of fight, ousting their own speaker. So, you know what? We're going to come back to that. I'm just going to give a little bit more background for our listeners. So like we mentioned, they've got... Well, when they passed the continuing resolution, they had about 45 days, and that deadline is November 17th, and it's quickly approaching. Yes. And like you just mentioned, uh, McCarthy was, in fact, ousted from his speakership on Tuesday, which has never, ever, 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 ever not once happened in the history of the United States. Um, so it's interesting, right before it let up, I think McCarthy says that he knew this was coming, but the day before this happened, he said... If somebody wants to bring a motion against me, bring it. There has to be an adult in the room. I'm going to govern with what's best for this country. Mm. <laughs> and he said, if you want to throw a motion and vacate, that's fine. I didn't survive 15 rounds of voting, and I'll survive another 15 rounds. Which is a historic thing on its own. It has never taken 15 rounds of voting for somebody to become elected for the Speaker of the House, which kind of just highlights how weak he was coming into that position to begin with, especially Absolutely. with all the concessions he had to make. I see that he is now blaming Democrats for the rule that he agreed to, he agreed to, um, where it only took one person to bring the motion to vacate. Um, however, <laughs> on Tuesday, in the historic move, McCarthy was actually ousted as the speaker, and it was led by his heart-right faction of Matt Gates, And... Um, Eight Republicans joined in with all 208 Democrats who unanimously voted also against Kevin McCarthy. However, as Kevin McCarthy and other Republicans have said, of course you can count on the Democrats to vote against them. He's not a part of their party, and of course he, they would prefer to have somebody else as speaker. And he's lying to his own faction. He's lying to the Democrats. He's making promises left, right, and center and keeping none of them and then wondering why he's not able to build a coalition. So in other words, hard right Republicans who voted with Democrats to oust McCarthy because McCarthy voted with Democrats. So 
that's a very interesting uh, dynamic there. Um, they only needed 214 votes because of everyone that was present in order for McCarthy to stay. And he came up short. The vote was 216 to oust and 210 to keep. Um, as McCarthy pointed out, that means that 96% of his own faction wanted to keep him. And he was really upset that, in his words, 4% of the faction could make or break the entire Republican speakership. And I, I have a hard time finding sympathy when he really yes. set himself up for this to begin yes. with. Yes. Especially with how you said he went on this Sunday show and he talked all of this crap about Democrats. Of course, I mean, really, you've already lied to them. You've already not kept your promises. They already bailed you out once. You're not grateful for it. And then you want to turn around and expect them to save you? That's not on the Democrats. That That's on your faction to figure out. Um, I don't really know what's going on with that conference, but um, again, not our clown, not our circus. That's what I like to say. Absolutely. And, you know, first of all, for you to want power so bad that you agree to the nonsense that one person could get right. you kicked out. And then 15 rounds? I mean, I think by the time it hit three or four, I would have been like, look, these people don't really want me. I don't know if I want to keep putting myself through this humiliation. That's right. what normal people would have done. You sat there and let yourself go through 15 rounds. You wanted that power. That Your thirst for power was so huge that you put yourself through that humiliation because it had to be humiliation because it had never happened before in the first place. And so, you know, I mean, I I've just never seen anything like this ever and, and and there have i've never seen anything like this and, and it just seems like there is there are no standards anymore and, and mm. you know and mentioning the aforementioned matt gates oh who's my also getting a little dose of his own medicine right now because the the, the republicans who were uh supporting the former speaker of the house are now digging up the dirt on matt gates as payback and there is a lot of dirt there. <laughs> He's a dirty uh, little boy. And sure is. McCarthy said that Matt Gates and people like him should not be considered conservatives because they're not. And they, so it's, it, you know, I don't know. The Democrats were clearly very unified. Every single present Democrat voted the same exact way. And then the entire a clown show was just taken over between infighting on the Republican side who are supposed to run this body of government right now. And not to mention, again, right now we're operating under the extended continuing resolution. That deadline is September or November 17th. And what did they do? They took a week's recess, an entire week to determine who might be the next speaker. And as oh, we all the names. Talk, have you heard some of the uh, names that are being thrown around for that? Yeah, I saw Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan have both announced, and I and I, I think there's other names floating around, but those are the two who have outright said I'm gonna be vying for this position, which I've got a lot of thoughts on that. So <laughs> we're gonna be returning. Um I just okay. wanted to point out that it's gonna be it's going to be another clown show. It took McCarthy 15 rounds. I don't think it's going to take the next person any less rounds. I mean, maybe by a few, but nobody has changed their position. The hardliners are still in the same place they were when they couldn't get McCarthy passed. And the entire rest of the Republican conference is still on the other side. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. 
it has, he has the the shortest speakership in more than 140 years. They serving, are steady, they are steady making history. Making history, 15 rounds, only 269 days as speaker. Isn't it beautiful. I mean, and nobody, nobody has been ousted from the speakership by by the conference, let alone by their own party. I mean, it's just bizarre. John Boehner was the last person who this may have come up for, and he had the decency to resign and step aside so that he didn't put the institution through this clown show. Um, Boy, this here is good. Here we are. <laughs> But now there is a third name that's floating around pretty heavily out there. Hit me with it. The Orange Menace. Oh, yes. Okay. So, like we said, Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, they've announced there's some others floating around. But you do not actually have to be a Congress member to nope. be elected Speaker of the House. You and MTG types. Yeah, right. And MTG types. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, they're pushing for Donald Trump. Donald yep. Trump. Yep, you heard that right. Uh, and when I saw that, I said some words that I re- I probably need to go and do a confession and repent because I said a lot <laughs> of ugly words. And I mean, speaking of this right now, don't you think Donald Trump's maybe just a little bit busy considering? I think it's, yeah, yeah. Sure. This entire sure. week, uh, he's actually been in court. In yeah. the $250 million New York civil fraud case. Absolutely. And just got a gag order answered. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a little busy. He's a little busy. Yeah. Hey, I, I think that uh, he, he can't. Four court cases, 91 federal charges. I think that, and plus from what I understand, according to the Republicans' own rules for Speaker of the House, um, I think he, he's disqualified anyway because he got federal indictments. So I don't think that'll work. Absolutely should be. Yesterday, it was reported that he was moaning and groaning and <laughs> and smacking on the table and pounding his fist during the court uh, during the court because procession. There, were no, there was no jury. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, the reason that there's no jury isn't because he wasn't given one. It's because his lawyers did not do their job and said that they did not want a jury. I so. Love it. That is a hundred percent on him it. and the people that are around him. I love it. I love it. But what gets me when they when they were in during break time, he run to a camera and Alina Haba was standing there <laughs> and while he's talking about, oh, only in in America and we're not afforded the opportunity to have a, a jury, and she's standing there looking like the, the cat that swallowed a bird. Like the, girl, you're the reason. You don't have a jury. The judge told you that. And I'm like, oh boy, this is good stuff to me. Your your whole team is incompetent. And I'm just concerned at any woman that wants to work for Donald Trump anyway. Oh, you want to go work for the grabbing by the pussy guy? You think think he has respect for you? You think he gives a shit? I mean, excuse my language. No, but you're absolutely (laughs) right. How can any woman do that? He has no respect for her anyway. Nobody else wants to work for him. And the one lawyer that he has uh, made him prepay because he don't pay his bills. Right. And that's a continuing problem. I'm like, (laughs) have they learned nothing? Have they learned nothing? I mean, really? No. Um, they have not like, okay, for example, when January six happened, we can look at McCarthy since he's our topic of today's conversation. Mm. 
And he was like, this is completely wrong. Donald Trump had a a hand to play in this. This is, you know, he and he was really against it. And then, like, it felt like the next day he was kissing the shoes of Donald Trump down in Mar-a-Lago. Trump has created a base who I don't think that they are conservative Republicans in the way that we have typically thought about them now. And I think a lot of them were previously non-voters. So I think he's re-energized a new base. And now this voting block exists and they don't see a pathway to success and to keep their job without being on the side of Donald Trump, because I don't think that they think they can win a Republican election, like, you know, in the primary and then get a vote from from the Republican base unless they support Trump because of how much the base has moved. And um, yeah, it's it's scary times. And that's how we get like Marjorie Taylor Greens and Matt Gates's. And so <laughs> I don't really know where we're gonna go from here, but that base is scary. Um, you know, I've seen where uh, oftentimes they have these reporters that would be outside of a Trump rally and they will <laughs> Oh my God, interview some of these people and, and, and try to find out why are you in, you know, support still in such strong support of him when he has all these federal charges and indictments and so on and so forth. And they'll say, he's still the president. Um, and I'm like, have y'all heard your dude? Can we make two countries already and just let him take his people and just go and just go? No, on one hand, I want to just like <laughs> shove them all to this island in the middle of nowhere. But at the same time, like you're not going to take half my country. This is my country, and I'm not about to let you guys flush it down the toilet with your clown show. Okay, we didn't serve in the military to have you guys come in here and disrespect the Constitution, disrespect the rule of law, disrespect order, disrespect the institutions, our military members. I mean, it's just obscene. Oh, I got into it with this lady on TikTok that she was talking about Donald Trump and I said what I had to say. And she was like, let me tell you something. I am a patriot and he is a real patriot. And I was like, lady, let me tell you what a patriot is. And I got to tell her about what I did over in South Korea, right on the DMZ. You want to know what a patriot is? You want me to tell you why I constantly have to go over to the VA and get these shots in my neck and shoulder? You, you want to know what a patriot is? And she had to shut her old mouth, I tell you that. Let me say this real quick. There are words that they have hijacked that I cannot tolerate Absolutely. anymore. They have hijacked the word patriot. They have mm-hmm. hijacked the word veteran. They have hijacked the word um, um, Christian. Because they the flag. The flag. Yeah. The, the guns. All of those things. When I see it now, if I see a Bible, a gun, or flag, right away, I'm looking at not 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 a conservative, not a Republican. I'm looking at an extreme nutcase. Yeah, it's scary. That's usually what it is. Most of those people who 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 display those things are not normal people. These are these are the extreme, the fringes. You know what I mean? Because and then they say, well, uh, supporters of the Democrats or supporters of whoever. We never see you. you. You're not popular because you're not. We don't see you with your T-shirts. And your I don't need to. I do what I need to do in a voting booth. I don't have to put nobody's face on my clothes or fly any flags. I go in the voting booth and do what I need to do. But it's the fringes. But they have, like you said, the flag. If I was to put a United States flag today on my vehicle, 
right away people would assume that I'm some wild, crazy conservative or, you know, extreme Republican. Absolutely. And, that, and, and it's sad happening. because like, I, I want the flag back. I want to take the flag back. Why, why should they get to have it? But unfortunately, I'm not going to display. I used to. I used to have a flag outside. And you know what I replaced it with? It's one of those flags that says, like, in this house, we believe, you know, kindness over everything, women rights, women's rights are human's rights, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because I was like, I I'm not going to be, I love this country. I stand for the Constitution. I served it. But I'm not going to be lumped in with these people who feel so blatantly in opposition to all of the things that I thought the flag was supposed to stand for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's yeah. sad that, that, and this is what a division, our country is so bitterly divided that it's, it's really scary and it's unfair. It's unfair because we stereotyping each other. Um, we're putting each other into groups and we don't know if, if, if people really are like that, but this is what we see. And yeah. It, and and that makes you know, it harder for us to connect with people and it draws a more divisive line. But at the same time, I understand why we do it because we've seen how people like Mitt Romney just came out about how he had to spend, what was it? $5,000 a day on personal security because yes. he was afraid for him yes. and his family. Yes. And he's a Republican. Yes. I well, mean, look, at, look at these prosecutors and the judges that are having to beef up security because of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. you know, because all he has to do is say a word or two. And his his supporters go crazy and they right. they start going after these people and making threats to these people. And if they and given the chance, I believe they would act on these threats if they had the opportunity to do it. You know, uh, Fonnie Willis or, or Judge Tanya Chuck and yes, I mean, it's things have actually happened. It's not oh they probably will. They actually have done it. And they they have, have actually it. done it. And, you know, and it's not just Nancy Pelosi's. What they, they caught that Democratic office in, on fire. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's a really, it's a really scary thing. It's, I would call it domestic terrorism. It is absolutely domestic terrorism. Well, you remember uh, the 80-something-year-old the, the man that had all the ammunition and the guns that was threatening uh, President Biden after mm. Donald Trump said something on TV and then the man that went to the Obama's home in D.C. after something, you know, all he has to do is come out and say something like this country's not going to stand for it. We're going to fight against this. But every time he comes out and says something like that, something happens. And and, and it's like my thing is this. There, there is a line when it comes to free speech. Free speech yeah. should not be it's so open. inclusive inclusive of any everything it's there like has everything to be a line else. drawn you can't right. shouldn't be able to say anything you want at any given time because right. if it if it can bring harm to another person that is not free speech right you know that's danger right and i have rights i have rights because i am an american citizen living under the constitution too so your rights only extend as far as they can until they infringe on mine Absolutely. And now if you are infringing on my rights that I am guaranteed, that is no longer something you have the right to do because Absolutely. I am guaranteed and afforded these rights by the constitution and you are inhibiting them. Absolutely. So, like if you are hurting somebody else or causing mass hysteria, like 
you can't yell fire in the middle of a theater if there's no fire because it causes mass panic. That's not free speech. You can't just say whatever you want and then have no consequence for things. You are allowed to say things, but there are consequences. But there are consequences. I mean, and and, and then I'm, I think that, you know, I know a lot of what he's getting away with is because he's a former president, but they're, at some point, they're gonna have to look beyond that too, because he's putting too many people's lives in, in danger here, because they keep threatening gag order. Now this, this, this recent judge put a partial gag order on yeah. him, but what does he do? walk right out of the courtroom and go right out there and, and violate it every time. Well, to be every fair, time. so yeah, I was, that's perfect circle back because I was just about to do the same thing because I, I don't want everyone to forget that this week and for a lot more of the upcoming weeks, Trump is in court. And for this one, it's the $250 million New York civil fraud case. And he got the gag order because he attacked in one of his campaign emails the aide to the judge and said some really gross things about her. And then the judge was like, okay, you cannot do this. That is completely not okay. This is just a civil servant who has no bearing on this case whatsoever and should not be subjected to your attacks. And when they put the gag order out, it's really against Trump. However, it's for quote unquote, all parties involved. Um, and it only applies to his staff because the judge was like, this is my position. I'm the judge. It's, you know, I don't suggest that you say things about me, but he didn't take the, he didn't put a gag order on talking about the judge, but he put it on all of his staff that are involved. And for good reason, Re returning to all of the danger, even the person who is for sure, definitely a Republican who was at the January 6th Capitol riot, who was like one of the first people to bust through the barricades. The Republicans have now framed him as a, I don't, I don't even really know what they mean, an undercover, like Antifa, deep state Democrat who was never really a Republican. And he has been getting death threats. So like they're even willing to go against their own people. So I think it's a very credible, credible threat. And of course the gag order should have been put in place. But if this was anybody else, there wouldn't be a gag order. You, you would be going to jail, probably yes. getting pretrial detention. Absolutely. So, if it was anyone else and, and he, he pushes, he, he keeps pushing it because I, it's to me, he's begging them to do something. Like he's saying, mm -hmm. I'm untouchable. I'm, I'm, I want to see how far I can get to see if you really do something. And, and they're not. And I think, for two reasons. I think they're afraid of the backlash from his base and, and, and his supporters, especially the violent ones. And secondly, because of who he was, but that's just it, who he was. He is not currently occupying an office. He is a civilian like the rest of us at this point. And if he's putting people's lives in jeopardy, um, his, his role as a former president should not come into play because he is jeopardizing all of us at this point, because right now he's only concerned yeah. about himself, saving himself from prison. And he's willing to burn the whole country down to, to save himself. And, and this is just not fair. Uh, Letitia James, um, Judge Chuckin, Alvin Bragg, anybody Warren. that's bringing up anything that has anything to do with these charges against him, he's willing to bring harm to them. And that's not right. Absolutely. Like he said, what what was the exact quote? I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. And, and we didn't day. know how true that really was at the right. time. You and know we're what seeing I mean? It. Yep.
you know, and, and now we're seeing it play out in real time, you know, and, and, and it's crazy. And the thing that really gets me deep with this is that when you look at his base, his supporters, though, at least those who come out to his rallies, most of these people are upper middle age to elderly. And a lot of them are probably on a fixed income. So if you if the Republicans have their way in these in these these budget battles and they actually cut Medicare and, and Social Security and disability and all these things, which makes no mistake, they are trying the to most. do the biggest part of his base will be affected the most. And yep. they're the ones that are sending him their money and they're the ones that are running to his rallies. And I often sit and shake my head and say, but you cannot convince them that he's not a good guy. You right. They cut them. off their nose to spite their own face. If you look back to the 2020 election, they were like, oh, well, how come like so many more Democrats voted by mail? How come a bunch of Republicans didn't participate in the voting by mail? Well, gee, I wonder. Because you spent this entire time leading up to the election saying how corrupt, un, you know, quote unquote, mail-in ballots were attacking the USPS, the United States Postal Service, which is in the Constitution, uh, trying to privatize it. I mean, <laughs> of course they didn't vote because you made them distrust voting by mail and voting by mail breaks down a bunch of barriers for people especially if you're elderly and you you know maybe you're not mobile so it would have been great to be able to vote from the leisure of your home and so <laughs> when those kind of results happen you can't be surprised but then he turns around and, and says oh it's democrats fault and it's rigged and i don't know why this would have happened and just take no do. responsibility that was so effective to talk about how bad vote by mail is when, when COVID hit, it was so great to have, you know, the mail-in ballots because you didn't have to stand in these long lines with people coughing on each other, right? Mm -hmm. COVID was out of control at that time. And, and yeah, and it, it, it did benefit the, the Democrats the most because Democrats are, are the ones that would do mail-in ballots more so than Republicans. Republicans are more of same day voters than they are melon. But the thing that gets me is that now hate, that thing was so effective to just tarnish melon voting and all the things that have been so effective for people. And this guy comes along and just shreds the notion that it, and just makes it out to be such a bad thing and people buying into it. Like how, how did you let this man sell you this bill of goods? I don't get it. Yeah, and just destroyed institutional norms, <laughs> the idea of decorum, like, I mean, and it's this fake populism, like, I would love to have someone who's really caring about the actual working class Americans that are the heart and soul, the beings of this country, keeping it together, keeping it running. But he is not that. And how he was able to convince people that, that he's not an elite that he just got a small loan of a million dollars and that that makes him just like the rest of us is so far beyond me. I don't even know where to begin with that. Well, he, he, he pretty much tells, you know, what, what he did for them was like, don't hide it. Come out and open. Let people know you're racist. Don't try to hide it. You know, and, and, and this is what they appreciated so much about him. Um, and, and he is like, do not, 
stand in the shadows or be afraid of consequences, you know, just, just be daring. And I'm like, wow, that was effective too, because now people, I mean, they, they've come all out and, and just say it, the white supremacists, they come out, the KKK, the whole thing in Charlottesville. I mean, just because he comes out and says both sides, you know, the, the, the right. Nazis. There is no they, both they sides so when we're talking about Nazis. Okay. Yeah, Nazis you know, are not Nazis, that bad. No both sides. They killed someone that day. Right. Nazis are not so bad. These people are not so bad. And this is not so bad. And now, and, and you know, these dictators and tyrants and despots, he, he, he aspires to be like them. He's, he wants to be like them. If it had people groveling at his feet and, and like they do for Putin and, and, and Kim Jong-un in, in North Korea, he wants that. And the people at Charlottesville were literally screaming with their pitchforks and fire. The Jews Jews will not replace replace us. That is disgusting. That Mm -hmm. is like (laughs) really seriously Nazis and they were proud of it. And both sides? No, there is no both sides to that. You know what I mean? There is no both sides. Really? Seriously? This is yeah. the person that you all want to bring back. Can you imagine what that would look like? But, you know, just and, and both of us are military veterans. And we know what he said about General Milley. Oh, my gosh. Oh my and uh, yeah. General Milley, you know, answered that. And all the things that he said about our military people. This is why I don't understand. You want to tell mil- our listeners what, what he said about Mark Milley? But he pretty much said that that General Milley sh- uh, should have been killed for treason. Yeah, during his during his time is his words. Have- mm-hmm. It was the words about uh, someone who has served our country faithfully, put their life on the line, decades and decades of service to the United States, and he just frivolously called basically for their death, mm-hmm. which is not A the first time. General. But, you know, I just wanted to just just plug that in there with you know, yeah. like both of us been military veterans. But look, that's how he has treated our military personnel and our veterans, particularly, you know, suckers right. and losers and all of this stuff. And we still have military people backing him. And that right there, I can never grasp that concept, that concept, how they could be supporting him but and he wants to tout how he did a bunch for military members but military members saw the lowest raises that they that they had in decades when oh, trump yeah. was in office obama gave them way more but he wants to pretend that he is doing so much more than anyone else for the for veterans like does he think we're stupid that's another thing that i would li- like because that's it oh its own issue too like you're 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 talking about your military members that are fighting for you, for this constitution and for the rest of the American people. And that's how you're talking about us. That's how you're thinking about us. Why would you do that? I, I'll never understand it. My hope is that we just get enough people out to vote next year or he'll just be found ineligible to even get on the ballot. Um, he just cannot become president again <laughs> under any circumstance. I, I could not agree more, but we can only hope. I guess we'll see how this is playing out. Um, I'm very hopeful that that Biden will be able to secure a win, but it's not going to be without a fight, and it's not something that we can be complacent about. Absolutely. Uh, and I look forward to talking about that with you on our podcast next week. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so to circle us back so far, I've talked about the shutdown, who was responsible, what happened, where we were going from here. 
And then we talked a little bit about what was up with some other Republican news, what the deal was there, Trump's court case. Um, And so to close this uh, little segment out, I will end with a quote from John Fetterman, which um, has a little bit of explicit words, I guess. So bear with me. But (laughs) John Fetterman, who is a senator from Pennsylvania, was speaking about McCarthy being ousted and kind of speaking to the disarray that has been left in his place as they look for a new speaker to replace him. And he said, Replacing one dick with a different kind of dick isn't going to change anything in the house. We're one DNA test away from the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's the state of, um, of American politics today. <laughs> but all right, Denise, to keep with this lightheartedness that we've got going on now after such a heavy conversation, I'm going to give you three quotes from the second Republican debate last Wednesday on September 27th. It feels like that was ages ago, considering the really hot news cycle we've had since, but it was actually only eight days ago, last Wednesday. Okay. Um, Two of these quotes will be real, and one of them will be fake. I made it up. So your job is to identify the the fake from the takes. Okay. So are you ready? I think so. Okay. Our first quote, our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination. Two, in these challenging times, we should stand united to defend our constitution and our American values of freedom. Three, I have been discriminated against, but America is not a racist country. Never, ever doubt who we are. We are the greatest country on God's green earth. Yeah, I know that was true. <laughs> um, then, yeah, you've got a 50-50. If you want me to read you those two again, I can. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, okay, the ones that were between for this 50-50 chance. Our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination or in these challenging times, we should stand united to defend our constitution and our American values of freedom. Which one is the fake? Tell me your thought process. What are you, what are you going through? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with in these challenging times, um, we should, we should stand, stand united. united to defend our constitution and our American values of freedom. I think that was a really good guess, Denise. What made you pick that as our fake for this week? I chose that one because uh, that one about um, indoctrination is something that they talk about all the time, every day at nauseum until I want to throw up. Which so. is quite bizarre. So we'll return to that in a second, but you are right. I made that one up. Um, I, I I'm actually unable to identify a Republican who is willing to stand united to defend our constitution at this time. Um, but I thought throwing in the American values of freedom might help to throw you off because that is another word that they hijacked. Um, but who do you think said our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination? Out of the ones that was on that stage. Out of the ones that were on the stage, yeah. 
So you've got Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Doug Burgum, Chris Christie. And I think I might be missing some. <laughs> I'm going to take a stab at it and say that's, that was probably Mr. DeSantis. You are correct. Mr. DeSantis, the Don't Say Gay book banner. Yes. Mm -hmm is the one saying that our education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because down there in Florida, everything is woke, 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 indoctrination, woke, mm -hmm. woke, 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 yeah. That's Meanwhile, all they talk about. They want to show Prager U videos in their school systems. So I'm a bit confused on who's doing the indoctrinating, but, you know. <laughs> and it's crazy. You know, they, they got a 9,000 teacher shortage in Florida, teachers are leaving in droves. They, they're sick and tired of the bull crap that's going on down there, but they're still talking nonsense like that. I'm, I, I'm, I, if I had children in the school system, young enough to be in school down there, I swear they'd be homeschooled. I would actually let the TV teach my kids before I let any, I, I just don't know how our children you know, are gonna get a, a good education. Anymore. I completely agree. But I, I was talking to my mom about this and I was like, you know, I think I would have to homeschool if I had kids and that was what they were going to be being taught because I'll be damned if they're going to come home with all this misinformation thinking right. that it's true because they're right. learning it from someone they are supposed to trust. Right. And my mom was like, but why should they get to win and take over our American school system? She was like, what I would do is I would go down there and I would talk to all of their teachers. I'd call a meeting with the principal. I'd write notes and I'd say that you're not allowed to see any PragerU video because it's not backed in science and evidence. And I would have them give you other things to do because I don't think that you should be taken away from being able to socialize and be a part of all the other things that education gives kids outside of the classroom. Um, and I and I was like, I think that's a really good point, but I just don't know where to stand on the issue. So something to think about. Yeah, I mean, and, and the book, the book banning and the book burning. One mm -hmm. of my favorite books, Lee Harper's To Kill a Mockingbird. I've read the book. I've seen the play. They, they, they can't even read books like that anymore. It should be a parent, just like you want parents to be involved in the educational process in general. Why can't parents get to choose what their kids can read? You won't even let parents, you know, have a say on what their mm -hmm. children can read. I just think everything is just gone crazy these days. And I, I, just, I just hate it. I agree. When I was in high school, I read of Mice and Men and To Kill a Mockingbird. And I think that they were incredibly powerful. And I think they were an important part of our learning. And I think yes. a lot of people in the class got something out of it. Absolutely. So for that to be banned is just, you know, so grotesque in and of itself. And then on top of it, this is the same party who is telling us parents' rights, states' rights, parents should be in charge. That's not putting parents in charge of what they get to learn. So really what you're saying is that's not true. You don't believe that. You just hate gay and transgender people. Absolutely. That's, it's all about hate. And no right. matter how you look at it, it's all about hate. It, 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 this is what gets me about the Republican Party. You're worried about the LBGTQ. You're worried <laughs> about these people minding their own business, hurting nobody. Right. Every day. And it just drives me nuts. Their hypocrisy is insane. 
it, and the hypocrisy, the cognitive this. I just, wow. And that's what's really concerning to me just in general. Like, I don't know if it's the fact that we just don't have enough information literacy. I know we don't have mandated civics classes in school. Most Americans can't even tell you the three branches of government. Ooh. I mean, it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's just, just, that's troublesome right there because that's why a lot of people don't know that President Biden in and of himself cannot forgive student debt. Do you understand that they have to be in, in coordination with the house? With the, It all works together. He can't, he don't have his magic wand to say, okay, student loan is forgiven. He can't do it by himself. The executive branch, AKA the presidency has nothing to do with legislating and writing laws. They originate in the house. They go to the Senate where then they get passed. And then after it makes it through all of that, it will go to the president's desk for oh, a or nay. And even if he nays it, the Senate can overturn it with overturn. a super majority, which almost never happens. So for people it. to blame the presidency is just bonkers. They don't get it. This is why we do need to bring back civics class because they don't understand how government works. They don't understand that the constitution um, there are certain things that spelled out in the constitution and you can't just go around the constitution and right. just omit the constitution and just do your own thing. We're just living in a weird time, but overall, uh, this conversation, this is just, this is just so good. Uh, it gives me a chance to get it out because all week long, mm. I, I read this stuff and I sit and it's just like henny penny goosey loosey turkey lurkey the sky <laughs> is falling every yeah. day. <laughs> it's like, it's just to give you like a, like a a quick anecdote, my boyfriend is from England and we live together now and he like you know he thought Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak who's their PM now he he thinks all of them are bad. And he thinks that's a clown show. But then he's sitting here listening to American politics, and he is really just taken aback by what's going on in American politics. So it's not just us that we're embarrassed. Like, yeah, we yeah. are an embarrassment on the world stage. And people yeah. used to look up to us, and they're not going to be doing that. And, and that's, that, you know, and that, if anything, that is a horrifying thought because yeah. I have yeah. friends that live in other countries that have said to me, Denise what is going on in the United States? The United States was like the big brother of all nations that you looked up to, you, you wanted to model after, you know, that, 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 that was that, that one that set the standard for everything you aspired yeah. to be like, they're like, what the hell are y'all doing over there? Especially with all of the hate and the racism and, and, more so than that, create a power vacuum because somebody has shootings. to fill the spot. That's right. The shootings, um, because I've had people say I've refused to step foot in America again um, until y'all do something about this, this, all these killings, the shootings every single day, especially the, 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 with the children, the school shootings. The face of America right now is not very good. Like we have to be real that yeah. that is the consensus of a lot of people because it's all over the news every day. We have no safe space. I don't care whether it's a church, a school, hospitals, funeral homes, grocery stores. There is no safe space anymore. 
nowhere. I think that that we've just identified an episode that we might want to dive into and talk about what's the deal with guns. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the deal with guns? Somebody's going to have to do something. I think even Republicans now are starting to see how this gun culture is really starting to affect the country very negatively. It's yeah. affecting our tourism. Florida's yeah. tourism has taken a huge hit, not because of violence so much. That's part of it. But the stuff that DeSantis has done has definitely affected Florida's tourism. He's fighting with Disney. What grown man fights with Disney? What Who fights with Disney in general? And Disney. the mouse wins. And not to mention that Disney is also the number one employer of people in his state. In, in his state, absolutely. But he cares about them. No, I mean, really. How but... much arrogance does it take and delusion yep. to, <laughs> to be such a person? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that to our listeners' imaginations. <laughs> um. Okay. So before we move on to our deals of the week, I did want to get your opinion, your thoughts about Tim Scott's quote from the Republican debate. I'll read it again for you. I have been discriminated against, but America is not a racist country. Never, ever doubt who we are. We are the greatest country on God's green earth. And I'll just I'll just say the first part again. I have been discriminated against, but America is not a racist country. Tim Scott, black congressman from South Carolina. I think Tim Scott unfilled and bumped his head is what I think. And he wants to become president so bad that he's willing to make a fool of himself to, to, to do that. How can any, any black person, any person of color, with one functioning brain cell, make such a statement. We have had people brought to this country against their will, lynched, set on fire, beaten to death. And I'm not just talking about these hundreds of years ago um, during slavery, and what happened during the Jim Crow era, we don't even have to talk about that with the voting rights and the civil rights era and all those things. Let's talk about today the things that are still going on. The police brutality. When you look at the, the number, how you can take a, a person of color and you can take a white person committing the same crime and look to see who gets the most time. Okay. You can go on the, the Department of Justice website right now and look at stats and we'll prove all of what I'm saying right now, but this is not a racist country. We see it in everything. We see it in everything across the board that black people particularly are still at the bottom of everything due to institutionalized racism. That is a given. It's the truth. It's not just us crying racism every single day. It's proven fact. And he stands there when he said that mess that time, it just angered me because that doesn't help anybody. If we're going to do anything about this stuff, we have to be truthful and honest about what's in front of us. We can't keep telling this lie. America is a racist country. And I serve this country. But I'm, I would never stand flat-footed and say there's no racism here. It still remains. 
it's and institutionalized. It's embedded. It's, it's embedded. embedded. And exactly I was just like you say said, that. it's institutionalized. It's embedded. It's absolutely, <laughs> across the board, in hiring practices, is still there. Yep. And almost it is, everything. It is we a do. fact that uh, job applications that have quote unquote African American sounding names are mm -hmm. less likely to receive Ooh. a callback for interview than a traditional white. Yes. Sign. Yes. Let me tell you something I saw not long ago. There was a, a black family um that was selling a home and you know they had people coming to look at this house, but when they realized that it was a house that belonged to a black a black family uh, you know, the offer was very low, okay, for one for, for what they were willing to pay for this house. But then I think, you know, someone suggested to them to take down anything that would give any indication as to the race of the people that were selling the house. And then all of a sudden, the offer shot up thousands and thousands of dollars more when they couldn't connect the race of the people who were selling the house. And you tell me that this is still not a racist country? Tim Scott needs to worry about this instead of, tell, instead of telling that lie about not racism. I'll tell you what he need to be worried about. Republicans are dismissing him because the very fact that he's still so low down on the totem pole, <laughs> one is because he's black in this race. Um, but he wouldn't see that. Okay, so it, yeah, well, the thing is, too, in order for him as a conservative, it ain't gonna happen because the no, but he chose to use his time fighting over curtains with <laughs> Nikki Haley during the debate. Thank you. Of all things, I mean, of all things, curtains. Thank you for that. See, that, that ought to tell you something right there because that's part of his problem. He's just such a weirdo, to be honest with you. But no, I, I really reject his notion that America is not a racist country because it is a America that got to confront that demon of racism and they're not willing to. Um, and he knows that he's getting nowhere as a black Republican, nowhere near the white house as a black Republican. And I don't understand why he is happy and okay with the tokenism They're They don't like him because he's got great ideas. They like him because he's an African-American who's on their side and they just want to point to him and be like, look, look, we have See? people that are over here that support us too. And they just use him. And, and that's I, right. it's just gross to me. And I, I don't well, know. You know what? You don't even have to choose your words that carefully, D, because what you're saying is true. Because they want to be able to point to him and say, See? We, we got black people on our side. This black man don't even know he black. I don't know what he see when he look in the mirror, you know? And, and I, I just, I, I just don't get it. Cause any black person that can say there's still not racism, please go and look at stats. You can look but at He any, did any say state. he was discriminated against, even though there is quote unquote, no racism. It is he not a racist country. If you've been discriminated against, then that's racism. Tim Scott. Listen to yourself. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Okay, even right now, if a police officer pulls up behind me at a light, my credentials are always going to be straight. My tags, my license, my insurance, they could run anything on me and it's squeaky clean. 
So I'm never concerned on that front, but I'm concerned because I got a black face. So how can he say that with a straight face? That's why he especially as someone who can experience it themselves. It's so he claimed. So he claimed. You know the George Floyd policing um, act went nowhere in the Senate, right? And it went nowhere. And that's despicable. <laughs> this is a giant problem. And you still didn't do anything about it. But yet Nothing. people are still dying. And it's not even, the cops are killing them. And so are just random white people. <laughs> but not yeah, to mention a life sisters. is priceless. So There's no racism in America, according to Tim, Tim Scott. There's no racism in America. I'd have been on that stage and I could have came up with several cases. I would have shut gummy down right and not a not a single person on that stage because of course not had anything to say and nobody refuted it nope nikki haley you know i never cared a lot for her but i had I, i found some respect for her during the charleston thing uh, you know, the, the Emmanuel Church thing. Yeah, oh. the shooting. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When, yeah. when the nine people got killed in church. Dylan I Roof. At that, that time, Dylan Roof, yeah. I Murderer. thought that she did the right thing with the Confederate flags. But then she turned another corner after that uh, and she became this Donald Trump bootlicker. And I I'm couldn't understand that. pandering. But no, to answer your original question, I, Tim Scott is is... He, he's he's a lost cause as most of them seem to be unfortunately <laughs> um okay well we tried to move from a deep conversation a heavy one into some lighthearted stuff but um we ended up right back in heavy because that's really just the state of american politics today <laughs> <laughs> But for our, our final closing segment, we were going to talk about our deals of the week. Um, so that's something politics or otherwise that you just can't let go of that You just like have been thinking about that. You just really want to tell listeners about. Um, so I want to hear the real deal from both of us. Would you like to start or you want me to kick us off, Denise? You kick it off. Okay. So mine this week is not politics related. It's actually Taylor Swift, um, which if you know me, I'm, I like her. I think she's cool. I think she's funny. I think she's talented. I think, you know, but like, I never quite understood the, the Swifties craze and like all of the stuff that she has around her. However, I was interested in learning a bit more about her because she went on her Instagram on like National Voting Day and she posted a link to like a vote.org, which is a nonpartisan or bipartisan, however you want to look at it, site that just like helps people get registered. So it's not going to like log what party they voted for. But Taylor Swift has been pretty vocal about what side of the aisle she's standing on. Um, and <laughs> vote.org saw an explosion of new registrations, getting over 35,000 people to register to vote in one day, which is, I know like 35,000 doesn't maybe seem like a lot, but it is monumental, especially when you look at the amount of people that normally register to vote in a single day. Um, so I thought that that was really cool of her to do, that to use her platform like that, and it just shows 
what you can do if you have these kinds of platforms and why it's important to participate in the way that you in these kinds of ways when you have such a platform. And then I learned more about her. You've probably probably heard that her and Travis Kelsey have been hitting it off lately. She went to the game, sat with his mom. That was cool. And then I learned that she has sold over 200 million copies, million records globally. And she's one of the best-selling musicians of all time, of all time. She is the most streamed female artist on Spotify and the only act to have five albums within the first week of sales to sell over a million copies in the United States. She uh, has 12 number one albums, which is more than any woman in history. And, and she just hit the 12 like last month in September and she unseated Barbara Streisand from the, the person who previously held that uh, with 11. Barbara Streisand had 11 number one albums. So Taylor Swift just surpassed her. And she's tied for third um, uh, with Drake for 12 albums. And she's only beat by Jay-Z, who has 14, and the Beatles, who have 19. And I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I get it all the way. Like I said, like I like her. I think she's cool. I, I don't consider myself a Swifty, but the more I learn about her, the more I'm just impressed by her. And so I thought that I would, I would share that for my deal of the week. Wow. That is, that is impressive. Um, you know, I've been paying attention to that as well. Cause there's been so much talk about her. Um, like, Wow, what where's all this coming from? But but like you, the the thing I've been taking away from that is her ability to impact voting, um, and so I'm glad to see that because maybe she can help get a lot of these younger people out um, next you know next year. And it really cracked me up because like it just shows kind of how Republicans are just in this bubble, just not at all in touch with the world. They, they I guess, don't like Taylor Swift now. And they were saying, they were calling her a, this is a quote, a gold digger for wanting to be with Travis Kelsey. And she makes exponentially more they money than that. Me. They are so dumb. Because she went to his game, Travis Kelsey moved up to be like the second or third most sold jersey in the entire NFL. More Google searches for his team and his name than ever before in one day. More followers in one day than he had like in total, I think. I think it was like 300,000 people that followed him on Instagram just because Taylor Swift went to his game. I mean... She may or may not be somewhat of a cult leader, but like, I'm kind of here for this one. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Well, mine may not necessarily be, uh, you know, as, as, as upbeat as yours. It's okay. Uh, it, it's still, it, it, it's in this pop culture uh, atmosphere though. Um, I know you've been hearing about uh, Tupac uh, Shakur. Um, and that they have finally got the man that killed Tupac, um, you know, almost 30 years ago. But what I'm taking from this is now who's being dragged into this um, has been an accomplice in Tupac's murder, which is Diddy. Um, <laughs> that he it's has, not funny, uh, but... has something to do with this. And the thing is, just making this all so interesting right now is that I saw a video 
of Diddy yesterday pleading with people to pray for him. Uh, and I'm thinking, because I knew something had to be weird because recently he had been coming out like giving artists back their catalogs, right? Like, and I'm thinking, well, he's not so generous usually and so nice and doing it out of kind of his heart. Why is Diddy giving people their catalogs back? You know, because he was representing artists and promoting artists and things like that. And why is he giving them back? What's going on here? All I know is that there's some stuff that, you know, you got this guy that's locked up. This guy is singing like 10 canaries all at one time. And he is calling out Diddy's name, calling out Diddy's name. Like Diddy did this, Diddy did that. And Diddy is scared. He is freaking out. And so this is the thing that I've been seeing quite a bit of. And so, but the thing really that, that's sticking with me is that there's a police officer who answered the call the night the Tupac got shot. And the police officer went to uh, attend to uh, Tupac. He said he was leaning against the door of the car. So the, the officer opened the door and he, he just kind of uh, guided Tupac out of the car down onto the ground. And he was asking him who shot him. Um, he said, because if a person who had been shot or whatever, as they lay dying, if they can tell you who did it, it's admissible in court. And he kept asking Tupac, who did this? Who did this? And, you know, Tupac, you know, was bleeding very heavily, but Tupac looked up at him and said, F you. <laughs> and that was his last words. So, you know, that's what I've been kind of paying attention to. So I'm like, okay, that's a whole lot going on there. You know, yeah. that Diddy's hands was in this, but this guy who's running around, because somebody told this guy, if he confesses and tell all this stuff and, and, and point out these other people that were involved, that he would get some sort of immunity. Somebody lied to him. Um, and I'm, you know, and he's yeah. locked up right now. So I'm pretty sure somebody going to be hearing about him not breathing anymore pretty here pretty soon wow. because he's talking a lot. So that's my thing that I'm bringing to the table on, on this segment right here. But that's the thing that came to my like, did he? You in trouble, my man? Maybe not as upbeat, but just as relevant and just as important. And I really, I'm really glad that you brought that up for us, Denise. I had heard like rumors, I guess, in like the rap sphere about Diddy being involved. I don't know if you followed the MGK Machine Gun Kelly fight diss like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. In, uh, in Eminem's diss response, he said. But Kells, the day you put out a hit that the day you put out a hits, the day Diddy admits that he put the hit out that got Pac killed. Mm. Uh, and then in the end of the song, he says, I'm just kidding, Diddy. You know, I love you. See? But here it is coming to fruition. So I'll, yeah. I'm going to be following that now, too. Thank yeah, you for bringing it to that. my attention. Because it's actually been said, too, in some circles that Kim Porter, who was his his children's mother, because, you know, she died a couple years Ooh. ago, is being said, too, that they think that uh, he may have had something to do with that. There's That's a uh, rumor that's also circulating um, because she has some knowledge of something that she was threatening to tell in a tell-all book. Um, so there there's a lot there so yeah pay attention to that but that thing of this guy is in, in in prison but he's singing a lot about diddy but i saw the video myself of diddy nearly in tears and was wow. kind of asking god asking people to pray on his path but he would never say what to pray for and i'm like um what you put out 
then the atmosphere comes back to you one way or another, dude. Yeah. And like, you, you know, he, Tupac was such a talent. Like I, yes. I wish that we could have seen what he would have been able to accomplish right. if his life wasn't taken from him. Right. So young and cut so short. And again, just like I have some trouble finding sympathy for these Republicans, I'm having That's some right. I'm, I'm having some trouble finding sympathy for Diddy. Absolutely. And if he's shocked and him and, and the guy who's been arrested already, if they're just shocked because they thought they were gonna get away from this forever, well, your come up is here, buddy. Well the and guy Carmen, said that Diddy was offering him and his nephew a million dollars to take Pac out. So um I'm like, okay, this is what he's right. that's what he told. And that's like kind of like the Trump case. Like, obviously, you murdered somebody. I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money. I don't know what your situation was like. I'm never going to condone murder. But I think the person who ordered this hit, who offered the million dollars, uh, <laughs> Diddy, Trump, um, yep. are a lot more at fault than some other people may he uh -huh. maybe, you know what i mean like uh -huh. okay maybe you didn't get your hands dirty but nobody's hands would have been dirty had you not stuck your fingers all yeah, in there it there you go absolutely <laughs> so and i think he knows that if he does get arrested it's not gonna be good for him because there's some people in there waiting for him because he's been doing some dirty stuff over the years mm. so there's some folks waiting on him so uh splash your money can't keep you out of prison forever <laughs> So, so let's hope that idea follows through into our politics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, Denise. Well, it has been such a good conversation, and I'm yes. looking forward to doing this again with you next week. Yes, um, yes. To our listeners, this has been our Deals of the Week. Yes. Uh, our new episodes drop roughly about once a week. And you can find us on social media and tune in wherever you get your listening at the real deal underscore pod. Again, that's the real deal underscore pod. And if you enjoyed our episode this week, please hit those like, share, follow buttons and stay updated with the real deal every week.